2: If you feel it, put your hands in the air
3: Show some love to the mirror while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Did you and I, I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outway. I'm Leanne Ellington, and I'm the author and creator of Stressless Eating. And I'm here for another solo episode this week. And, you know, a couple of months ago here on Outway, I did an episode called Learn from My Mistakes, where I just shared what I wish I knew then that I know now. You know, not just as a woman who healed from her own disordered eating, but unbeknownst to me, I was actually teaching disordered eating to others when I was in the fitness industry because I. I was perpetuating that eat less, move more, you know, no pain, no gain mentality that I learned. Now, I had to go do the work on myself and reconcile any shame from that. And now I know that I just I didn't know what I didn't know, and I was just teaching what I had learned. And what is still, unfortunately, the thought process still being taught in the mainstream. Now, that was all what seems like a lifetime ago, and now I see the greater purpose in all of it. But first off, feel free to go. Go back and check out that episode called Learn From My Mistakes. And the reason I'm even bringing that up is because in that episode, I talked about this idea of the cost of skinny, as I now call it. And it's something that comes up all the time in the work that I'm doing with women and why I wanted to do an episode about that specifically and dig a little bit deeper because, man, I wish I knew about this when I was at the height of my own struggles and disorder. So in that episode, I shared how, you know, rewind is probably 15 years ago now. So in 2007, 2008, something like that, my anesthesiologist had me counting backwards from hundred as the surgical team was getting ready to go in and microscopically remove the calcified hardened disc fluid that had been sitting on my nerves of my lumbar spine for the past 18 months, or that it it had been at that point. And it's a procedure that I now in Call the cost of skinny. And I lovingly call it that because at the time, and who I was at the time was so focused on getting skinny or lean or toned or hot or whatever words I was, you know, allowing to rule my brain at the time, I didn't pay attention to or tune into what my body needed and what it was screaming at me to do. And if only I had listened to the screams from my body to slow down and chill out and actually take care of it maybe it could have all been avoided but who I was at the time again she didn't care I just wanted to be skinny and beautiful or whatever vision I had in my mind of the thing that would make me happy and no back pain or injury or pesky flare-up was going to stop me until it finally did stop me and it didn't just stop me it landed me on an operating table at Cleveland Metro for major spine surgery at the ripe old age of 25. So now picture this, okay, if you take a girl, a woman who already feels unworthy and unlovable and undesirable because all she's ever known is seeing herself through what I now lovingly call the fat goggles of her self-image, and now you throw on the story that she is also now damaged goods or broken because of her body, you can only imagine how low my inner world got at that point too. But that was just the tip of the iceberg, and it certainly was not the only cost of Skinny. And so when I started looking back at my life, I realized that decades of the diet mentality, which was really just disordered eating, disguised as what I thought was just being healthy, and then of course all the self-loathing that came alongside my disordered eating and my relationship with food and my body, well, all of that had a cost that I didn't even know to look for and that I definitely didn't know that I should try to avoid. So I was trapped inside of a food prison that had me chained to the handcuffs of restriction and obsession and control and obsessing over every morsel of food that touched my lips, or when I couldn't possibly take it any longer because who can restrict that long, veering over to the opposite side of that. So carefree abandonment, eating everything in sight, feeding my air quotes sugar addictions, which I now realize I wasn't actually addicted to sugar. I had just practiced the thoughts and beliefs and behaviors of somebody That was, you know, kind of had a a drug like pull to sugar, but I digress. But I was still using food to comfort or distract or numb myself. And then, of course, the cascade of guilt and shame and self loathing that would follow suit, right? So that was my food prison cost of skinny. But I was also trapped inside of a body prison where I felt like I was walking around in a body that didn't reflect the woman that I really was. Like the outsides didn't match the insides, but that I felt powerless to change. And I was a prisoner of wearing, you know, what I called my fat clothes, which was, you know, I would cover my body with cardigans and I would refuse to wear shorts or tank tops or, you know, God forbid, be seen in a bathing suit. And even when it was 95 degrees outside, I was I was wearing that cardigan, you know, but not to mention allowing my body to be the barrier that kept me from doing what I wanted to do and feeling how I wanted to feel and showing up as the version of myself that I really was. But I just couldn't access her. So that was my body prison, Cost of Skinny. Then I was also trapped in a shame prison where I was just outright ashamed that after decades on this planet... I was still struggling with food and I was still struggling with my body and I was still on this up and down roller coaster. And, you know, to boot, I felt like a fraud. Like if anyone ever found me out, they would see how crazy or broken I really was. And there was the shame that followed me around every single day because of the identity I had created about my struggles that, you know, I was my body and that I was my air quotes addictions and that I was a failure. So that was the shame prison cost of Skinny. But then, of course, I was trapped inside what I now lovingly call my fat head that really no matter how much weight I lost or how successful I became, my self-image saw me through the goggles that saw me as fat or unlovable or a failure or embarrassing or, you know, that I would just never be enough or skinny enough, successful enough, enough period, right? Again, these were just the goggles that I was seeing myself through because I didn't know to even transform them. And so all of this left me in a prison of pain and disconnection and loneliness, right? And it wasn't just physical pain. It was mental, emotional, spiritual pain, all of it. And in those moments of clarity, that's when I realized like, whoa, this is not just happening to me. Okay, every woman that feels stuck on that obsessive diet and weight loss roller coaster or that stuck in her own food and body and shame prison, she's paying her own cost of skinny as well. And that roller coaster has major costs. Okay, there's, you know, the cost of constantly weighing and measuring and calculating and the cost of stressing and guessing and obsessing. And of course, the second guessing that comes off the back of that. There's the cost of all the judgment and the self-criticism and the self-loathing and the shame. And there's the cost of valuing yourself based on how much you ate or how much you didn't eat that day or how much you weigh or don't weigh. And the cost of living in a prison. So again, I shared the multiple prisons that I was living in, but there's, you know, maybe it's a body prison, a food prison, a prison that you just don't know how to get out of, even if you don't have words to put around it. So fast forward to a couple years after my surgery.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
2: Health Lock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line: insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com.
3: So fast forward to a couple years after my surgery. I finally found the courage to admit and and really act on the truths that I discovered off the back of major spine surgery and all the soul searching that I had done and that's when thankfully I realized like I didn't want to be a fitness expert or a health nut or obsessed with my body and every morsel of food that touched my lips. And I'll be the first to admit, like I tried on all those roles. I think I was honestly trying to find meaning and purpose in all of those roles. But but either way, all of those things left me either, you know, I was either living in a a life and in a body that made me unhappy Or I was living in a body that kind of pleased me, but in a way that left me really unhappy. Like I was always having to choose either or. And so I went from majorly feeling out of control of my body and dependencies and kind of this like drug like pull to sugar and food and. You know, complete disregard for my body, and then I flipped switches and I went to the opposite, and it was just major restriction and control and punishing my body, and convincing myself to do the things that I thought I needed to do to never go back to my old ways. Because again, like I knew that I had never deep down healed something more, so I was kind of covering it up with short term actions, but the old stuff never went away. I just pushed it aside and locked it up and worked my butt off to stay the course, until I—I I don't know. I think it. It was kind of a moment of awareness. And I think if anybody is listening to this that's had their own, you probably know what I mean. It's kind of hard to describe what happens in the moment because thoughts happen really quickly. But basically, I got to that point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. If I keep practicing these habits and this way of living and being, I'm going to bring it with me into my 40s and my 50s and my 60s. And my brain just kept future pacing me from there. And that... It scared the crap out of me, okay? So I literally just stopped that conversation and then a number of factors led me to have the insight and foresight to know I needed a totally different conversation, like a new conversation, because obviously I'd been speaking the whole eat less, move more, obsess over my body conversation forever. So the first thing I did is I just started asking myself better questions, right? And I was like, hmm, what if I just started listening to my body? Because keep in mind, I was ignoring it, right? And what if I started listening to my brain? Because again, I had numbed it out and tuned it out. And what if I just started listening to my heart? Because again, I was shoving down feelings and eating my feelings. So those three questions were like pretty revelatory to me, right? And when I started asking myself those questions, my body, (laughs) of course my body, I, I got answers, right? Sometimes they weren't very pretty answers, but I got the answers. And essentially my body was like, Leanne, you are friggin' lucky, right? All this beating up and... abusing of your body, you're pretty lucky that spine surgery and feeling like a sugar addict were the worst of it because you've been choosing you know, weight loss or words like skinny over vitality and health and freedom for far too long, and I'm feeling it. So that's what my body said to me. It didn't hold back, right? And my brain was like, you know what? You're maxed out, and you're overworked, and you're overtrained, and you're overscheduled, and on top of that, you're starving me a lot of the time, and then you're gluttonously overstuffing me and then you furiously worry about it and it's almost like again I knew I had it handled for a little while but in the back of my mind like I knew I couldn't do it forever so when I got really real that's what my brain was saying to me when I started asking the questions and and being okay with the answers even though I didn't like the answers I was just like you know what this is the data this is what's happening like I'm not going to live in a non-reality anymore and that's when my heart again like I finally my heart was just like she was done to be honest but you know, my heart was just saying, like, I'm done thinking and worrying and obsessing over my body and my weight and food and exercise. And I'm done pumping myself up and trying to be a good example to other people. And really, I would think I was trying to be perfect. I was aiming for this perfectionism. And what my heart wanted was just to live and enjoy food and enjoy my body and enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I wanted to just be free, you know, and wear what I wanted to wear and do what I. wanted to do and be who I wanted to be but you know with permission and freedom and choice and not obligation any longer because I was so used to just like doing things because I thought I air quotes needed to Um, and and also because I felt stuck really I felt I felt really stuck and also because I was afraid of what would happen if I stopped trying to control and restrict myself like my heart was like I want my life back you know and so what happened and again this was many years and it was a series of different things but if I'm going to kind of over simplify it or give you the Cliff Notes version What happened next was I started to get to know my body for the first time ever. I started to look at it and touch it and feel it. And I started listening to my body and listening to my hunger and my cravings and listening to my pains and frustrations and listening to my desires. And then I started tuning into that, like tuning into my body, my hungers, my pains, my frustrations, my desires, and created my actions and life around that. And then I focused on influencing all of those things in the direction that I wanted them to go, like who I truly wanted to be, instead of just riding the waves of momentum that I felt stuck in or the direction that I just had been going in for so many years. And what I discovered seemed so counterintuitive and was pretty much the opposite of what you learn in the weight loss and the diet world and, and, dare I say, the air quotes health world, But what I found was that my body needed less work, not more. Like it was a smarter, not harder thing. Right. And I found that my body needed more food, not less. I was like, oh my gosh, like when I eat more, my body can actually fuel, is fueled to do the things I want it to do. And I can, I can move more and I can do all these things. Like it was just, it was, again, so counterintuitive, but I found that my heart and my mind needed more care and less punishment. Like I was so hard on myself. Right. But I also found that my, My motivation and my mojo needed less convincing and coercing and persuading, and more fun, like more going with the flow and doing things that I enjoyed. And I found that my sanity needed less control and more choice and freedom. And again, if you're still on that control fence of whether you think you want it or not, please go back and listen to last week's episode. But I also found that I needed less judgment and criticism and more understanding. Like I kind of got the memo that I was never gonna be able to judge and criticize and shame my way to self-love, right? So that's kind of what what I just described is kind of what started the journey that I went on. And so I just started giving myself permission you know to meet myself and my body where it was and I started attending to and serving my body what it needed and again this is be, goes beyond the scope of this conversation but I'm just kind of giving you the general theme here and I started you know paying attention to things like caring for my joints and caring for my brain and I started using food you know for pleasure not as like a coping mechanism but like actually enjoying food and giving myself permission to enjoy it rather than think that that was a sin you know but also using food as kind of like medicine and for vitality and I started using movement kind of as a drug and a therapy and my health care and insurance policy and I started seeking out ways to have more fun and enjoyment in life and I started seeking knowledge and understanding where I lacked acceptance and compassion and this might one might sound interesting but I started to get to know my fat and accepting my fat and influencing my fat and I know that sounds really weird. And we are actually going to have a future series of episodes all about that. Yes, the truth about your fat, which will make so much more sense when you hear it. But bottom line, you know, I started asking myself such better questions and I started asking myself, you know, how I want to feel and basing my decisions on that. And I started looking for my own answers, like a discovery process, rather than looking for someone to give them to me or air quotes, save me. Like I felt like I was always looking for somebody to save me and really it was save me for myself, right? But I started looking for ways to make myself happy as opposed to skinny and healthy as opposed to skinny and like vital and and able-bodied and pain-free instead of skinny, right? And so it was just such a different a different paradigm, but also like really the big theme was I simplified and I removed and I lightened and I eased my journey, right? And I gave myself what I require and what I desire and made it fun and enjoyable. And so I call that stressless living and stressless eating and stressless moving and stressless living because life is going to have stress. That is a given. is going to have stress. That is a given, but at least you can remove the stress from all the things that you might be adding stress to yourself or stress to your life. So really stressing less about food and stressing less about your body and and stressing less in your head and less in your heart and just make the journey lighter. And unbeknownst to me, this discovery would turn into the process that I teach my clients how I talk about ditching the weight of the weight. That's really how that all started, but that's another story for another day. But really, like, what is the fun in having a body that looks a certain way if you hate what you have to do or who you have to be or how you have to feel to get there? So here's the result. And again, I'm not saying this coming from some high mountain of like, oh my gosh, look at me. I have no struggles in my life and I'm so happy and healthy and free and all these things. It's not like that, right? But I kind of just wanted to give you an example of like, what does a new paradigm and a new sense of air quotes health look like? And so for me, yeah. <sniffs> I am pretty much at my, you know, I call it my happy weight all year long. And for me, I'm not looking to compare myself to some Instagram model or the weight that some people were in high school, right? I now move towards words like strong and pain free and able bodied. And yes, I have curves and hips and thighs, and I'm not some stick figure model, but I love those curves and I appreciate my body for what it can do and how it supports me. And I do live a lifestyle based on freedom and permission and choice, but I feel like I'm the one influencing my body and my life, not the other way around. I don't feel like my body controls me anymore. And I live, you know, for the most part, pain-free every day, which is not how I used to live. So that in itself is a miracle and a grace from God. But when I do have flare-ups, like all active humans do from time to time, I know exactly what to do to take care of them. And I eat however I feel like eating, and oftentimes my body craves nutrient dense foods, which of course I prepare deliciously, but sometimes my body tells me it's time for a cheeseburger and a warm brownie sundae, right? And so bottom line, I now know how to eat to keep my body looking, moving, and feeling happy. And notice again, I didn't say skinny because I no longer chase words like skinny. I chase healthy and I chase happy and my language and focus is totally different. And yeah, I've completely changed my relationship with food and my body and with myself and in turn increased my confidence, self-esteem, and body image. Another way of saying it, I refused to keep paying the cost of skinny even one day longer. And as you can probably imagine, this was not this overnight thing. It, you know, it did take commitment and dedication, but not to a better, leaner, or fitter body. No, that was the old conversation. I needed to commit to a more powerful, confident, and free version of me. And so you're going to hear me talk about experimentation and building the experiment mentality in future episodes, but to just briefly touch on it now, that's essentially how I did it, and that's how I walk all of my clients through. I essentially took myself on one big fat experiment, and I'm still experimenting, right? And I teach the experiment mentality, and I truly am like a mad scientist, and and of course I love to share the why behind the what, behind what I do so that you can understand things and really benefit from, from my madness, but that's exactly what I do and kind of what the purpose of how I like to show up here on this podcast is, to be honest. And, you know, I essentially peel back the curtain and show you exactly how I live my life and my thought processes and how I think about food and how I think about movement and how I live my life, really. But also how I've learned to love myself along the way, because, you know, again, shame and self-loathing and self-criticism were my emotional home for the majority of my life. And sometimes it's not always rainbows and, and roses. You know, I'm definitely committed to sharing all of that too, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, but also there's seasons, you know, there's seasons when things are status quo and I'm just treading water and I'm just maintaining where I am without having a goal in mind. And then sometimes I, you know, honestly, sometimes I'm living there, like just in the treading water place of it for months on end at a time. But then of course, yeah, there are times when I have the urge to kind of bump it up a notch or set some goals, but I'm no longer using those goals as something that I need to achieve to feel worthy or lovable and i no longer punish or restrict or shame myself to get there right and when i do set goals i simply do it with the same principles of freedom that i live and teach every day and my healing has to stay front and center at the forefront of everything right cuz my happy and whole and healed self is my number one priority even if that means i attain goals a bit slower and truthfully like in comparison to kind of you know society standards I set like 16 month goals, you know, because I want to do them in a slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast fashion because my my healing is so important and I have to protect it. And so that means like no restriction and punishment and drive myself crazy control stuff anymore. Like to me, that's just a losing game. And so I do have my routines, but just like you, I don't always do all that I can do. And I too can fall into those, you know, slumps where I feel I feel unmotivated or maybe a bit flat. And so again you're never going to hear me shouting at you from, you know, some high pedestal. And this isn't me saying like, oh, that whole struggle thing. That was so 2014. You know, like I've evolved and I'm past that. Been there, done that. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm still here doing it. Let's just say that, right? Like I still get challenged and I still have my own stuff. But now I have the tools to handle it when it does come because it does. And I promise you it always will. And I really want to emphasize that. Like I think there is a lot of kind of self-help out there that's like, oh, once you have the golden ticket and you manage your mind and you manage your brain, like you're just going to be happy as a you know kid in a candy store all the time. Of course, I use a candy analogy, um, but I digress. And it's like, no, like life is going to happen to you. Like I feel sadness. I feel shame. I feel fear. I feel all the feels that all of humanity feels, but I don't let it drive me down the rabbit hole any longer. Or when I do notice myself going down the rabbit hole, I have the tools to bring me back. But I also know that I feel better when I do certain things regularly and consistently and make my own self-care priority numero uno. So, you know, as I share my thoughts and insights and wisdom and tools and resources with all of you lovely listeners, and I was about to say lovely ladies, but I know there's a couple of gentlemen out there, too, that listen to Outweigh. So hello to you, two gentlemen out there. <laughs> but just know that I am officially double dog daring you to create your own big fat experiment in your own life and I I know I get it like even though this idea of slowing down for a bit and going on your own big fat experiment and healing your relationship with food and healing your relationship with your body and healing your brain I get it it's not as you know sexy as losing a bunch of weight really quickly like a lot of people on Instagram are trying to sell you but now you are blatantly aware that there's a major cost to not to not healing right because not only do you stay stuck in that shame prison and that up and down roller coaster, but the problems just get worse and the costs keep getting higher. So I really want you to think like, what is your cost of skinny? And what if your solution did not live in another diet or trying to keto or Weight Watchers for the umpteenth time your problem's away or trying to punish or criticize or judge yourself to a smaller figure, right? What if the solution wasn't, you know, down there as I'm pointing at your body. And it's actually up here as I'm pointing to your mind and in your brain. What if instead of committing to another food or body focused solution or another short term fix, you got really curious about your cost of skinny and what's keeping you there and what's not working? What if that was the first step? Taking intelligent action, addressing the causes of your struggles, rewiring your brain, and moving in the direction of freedom and health and happiness when focusing strictly on your body or your weight or food typically takes you away from freedom and health and happiness, right? And the sad truth is, and I hate to say this, but most people won't do this, right? Most will go start looking for the next plan and the next game of control myself and the next action item, but those that do, those that explore this line of questioning that I'm sharing and you know, really stop that definition of insanity, which we all know is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results, you're going to find that your journey to healing and to finally ending the suffering and struggling can finally begin. So that is all for this week's episode of Outweigh. And if you want to hear more about the process of rewiring your own brain and self-image when it comes to food and your body, then head on over to StresslessEating.com and sign up to watch the Stressless Eating webinar where I'll walk you through the exact five-step game plan that I teach my clients to use to heal themselves from that all-or-nothing diet mentality for good, but without restricting themselves or punishing their bodies and definitely without ever having to use words like macros, low carb, or calorie burn. And so I have laid it all out there for you in five easy steps over at StresslessEating.com. So I'm Leanne Ellington signing out for this episode of Outweigh, and we will be back next week. Bye.